Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. How's my morning, Michael Clown? Oh, you know what? We haven't talked yet. Are you still have Eye of the Tiger? I have the eye on that treadmill again this morning. Oh, my goodness. Haven't missed a day, my friend. And I'm feeling great. I just want to encourage everybody, if you're thinking about exercising, (laughs) I was thinking about doing it for years, and I would get on the wagon, then I'd fall off, you know, on and off. You know, do it first thing in the morning. The problem is if you don't, you will procrastinate. You know, and I've often said... I don't procrastinate. I just put things off. Right. Are you still doing the push-ups? No. Oh, you got to do a couple things, pal. You just can't be on that treadmill. <laughs> All right. You're huh? you're a taskmaster. You know, if this radio thing doesn't work out for you, yeah, I'm going to be a trainer, personal trainer. Personal trainer, I'm telling you, it's all about you. Well, this leads into our first story because a leading British biomedical ger- I don't even know how to say this, gerontologist, I guess that's a guy studies aging. He says the first person to live to 150 years old is already alive. And how's that? Well, because the advancements are going to be such that let's say somebody was born in the last few years, they're going to be taking advantage of this new kind of technology. And not only that, he claims the first person to live to 1,000 will be born in the next 20 years. I think this guy's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I do too, but what if he's right and it's somebody we really don't like, if you catch my drift. Yes. Well, this guy studies the human body, and he says aging is the lifelong accumulation of various types of molecule and cellular damage throughout the body. And he says that these advancements in science are going to be able to halt these things that go on inside your body to make us live longer. And he says people are actually gaining three months added to life expectancy every year. He says... Yep. And guess what? With Botox and facelifts, the world's going to be full of ugly people. Totally. They're going to be wearing their butts on their face. (laughs) Can you imagine having to work till you're 145? You probably would like it. You're such a a workaholic. I enjoy work. Uh, Yeah. In fact, the idea of not working terrifies me. Will you still be called Young Thomas at 145? I could call myself anything I want to. It's all in the marketing, man. Oh, you know what's going to kill people at that age? Trying to blow out their birthday cake candles, pal. <laughs> That's what's going to kill them. You always want to get that last one, don't you? I don't believe any of that scientist research. That's never going to happen. We're designed to go, according to the Bible, 70-some years on average. What is the average lifespan now? I think it's like 77 for men and maybe 79 for women. There you go. But, you know, you take care of yourself, you can get another 10 out of that, right? That's at least another 40, 50 years down the road for us, for us millennials. Right. And if these people are going to be that old, you know, live to be that age, they're not going to worry about their eyesight because it's nature's way of protecting you from shock when you look in the mirror, right? You know, you have a good point there. (laughs) You have a really good point. I never thought of it that way. And look at married couples living to those ages together. You told me... You spend your whole life trying to make me happy. And then the husband says, I didn't expect it to be this long. Mm. Right? Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine living to a thousand? No. No. Never going to happen. This guy's a little cuckoo. A little cuckoo? You said it. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, <laughs> which is what I'm having for breakfast this morning, by the way. No, I'm not. Do you know what the calorie content? Do you know what the sugar yes, content I is? Yes, I told you, pal. You can't eat that stuff. No. You can have Eye of the Tiger. You know what I had for breakfast today? I had about eight pieces of pineapple chopped up and a little bit of homemade pumpkin cake made with almond flour. No carbs in it, pal. No carbs. I got the Eye of the Tiger. But you got all that sugar from the fruit. But it's okay, right? That's good sugar. Good sugar. Tom and Mike. 
hate to have bring out another Florida story, but a guy in Orlando, Florida, was arrested last you week. You love bringing out those no, Florida stories. No, I don't. Stories. I just look at the news and boom, it's like every there. day now. Give me some of those good Mikey games. I love your games. <laughs> no, you'll Come get on. one. You'll get one. You know, this guy had his car towed, right? It's in the impound lot. So he's so mad at it that it's in there. You know what he does? No. He doesn't just drive home. He goes, decides he can't have his car. Nobody's going to have it. So he throws a couple Molotov cocktails at it and tries to blow it up. <laughs> Did it work? No. I mean, it, it started a fire, but they caught him right away. So he's got to take that really crappy burned up car back, huh? Right. And insurance fraud. Let me ask you this, my friend. Have you ever in your long, short life, because you're still young, Thomas, have you ever had a car towed? Yes. And where did it happen? It happened years ago in Baltimore. I was at a Baltimore baseball game. And you came out and it was gone? It was gone. Ugh. Had been impounded. I parked in front of somebody's house and I drank a lot of beers at the baseball game. Right. And I was upset with the people where I parked the car because I figured they called a tow truck, right? Right. So I took a whiz right over by their shrubs. Oh, you. <laughs> then, then I was chased off the property. Yeah, I ended up getting it, but... What a hassle. Well, you know what? I got something similar that turned into a nightmare. Many years ago, I went to for a job interview at the CBS local affiliate in Philadelphia, KYW. And it's right by that famous area of Philadelphia with the Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell. And their studios are right there. So I parked my car pretty close to about, I thought I was doing a pretty good job, man. I was running late, parked my car, boom. I come out of the interview. Of course, I didn't get the job and my car's not there. And I'm freaking out. I don't know whether it was stolen. The first thing I think it's stolen. So I flagged down a cop. He asked me where I parked it. I show him. He said, oh, they towed that thing. Tell me where the impound lot was. It's about eight blocks away down Columbus Boulevard along the Delaware River. I just bought a brand new pair of loafers. I don't even know why I hate loafers now. But anyway, they were brand new. I walked the eight blocks of the impound lot. Didn't have the money. Couldn't get it. Walked back to Center City, Philadelphia. A family friend was an executive there. And... My mom told me to go up and ask him for some money. He gave me the money, walked all the way back, got the car. By the time I got back, my both back of my heels were blood because, it is, you know, you put new shoes on. Why don't you just call a cab or an Uber? <laughs> I didn't have that kind of money, buddy. This is back in the day, you know. Back this is when I, was a, when I was a young man. You're not a young man anymore? Not anymore. I was walking the streets of Philly with loafers in my hand and blood coming off my heels. Oh. That's a tough story. And then... You got double whammy because you had to pay probably a couple hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, oh, and I didn't get the job. How about that? Well, what were a, you going for? TV writer, production, you know, like a news writer, something like that, because I was doing that kind of stuff back in those days. But uh, I don't know. Whatever. That would have been a good job for you. Yeah. Actually, well, yeah, whatever. All but, right. you know, you can't uh, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Cause oh, buddy, I got a million woulda, coulda, shoulda. Everything works out the way it's supposed to. Well, See where you ended up? You ended up with young Thomas... Here on the radio. It's a yes. beautiful thing. Oh. Now. What do you mean? Oh. <laughs> that, that was a shot. A uh, shot across the bow. Across the bow, buddy. Across the bow. Tom and Mike. I'm going to ask you this, Mr. Renaissance Man. What state do you think has the highest rate of people dying from falls? I know what your answer is going to be, but it's going to be wrong. But go ahead. Take a shot. Florida. You know, that would have been my guess. Old people, blah, blah, blah. Right. Nope. Wisconsin, not only do more people die of falls in that state, it's double the national average. 1,340 people died last year, 65 or older from falls, and 130,000 emergency room visits from people falling in Wisconsin. 
Is and it I because, say to myself, is it because of the weather? Well, that's true. It's icy winters, excessive drinking. The population is older and whiter than the U.S. average. What does whiter have anything? To do? I guess they have weaker bones. You mean white people have weaker bones? I don't know. That's ridiculous. They can't jump, can they? Oh, shut up. <laughs> this is one of those Al Campanis moments. <laughs> this is the end of your radio career. You know that, right? You know... Wisconsin's the only state where 40 degrees brings so much joy to so many people. Do you know that? I can relate to that, my friend. You know, yes, I spent a lot of years in Cleveland. Yes, now. Come you on. Do. So 24% of adults in Wisconsin say they binge drink or drink chronically. Who knew there were so many drinkers up there in Wisconsin? So that's part of the falling. Yes. They should put this on their license plate. I've fallen and I can't get upstate. Yeah. And people are especially vulnerable to the dizzying effects of dairy air. How about that? Dairy hair. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, you made a joke and you didn't even realize it, did now, you? I think they should strap some cheese on them. You know what I say? Maybe instead of putting cheese around their hips, how about putting some gluyere on their shoes, right? Gluyere? <laughs> it's wait, like. Wait, wait. Explain that joke to me. Because the last one worked perfectly. This well, there's, there, isn't there a, a cheese, Mr. Cheese aficionado called Gear or what is it called? Gruyere. Yeah. So I said Gluer, and you put it on the oh, bottom of your shoes. Oh, okay. On the plus side of Wisconsin, they have the longest life expectancy. Not 150 years, but they live longer than any other state. Unless they fall, of course. Yeah, unless they drink. So they're big drinkers and they fall a lot. Yes, and they eat a lot of cheese, and they wear those goofy hats, right? But they have longevity, which I'm telling you right now, the more I'm reading about cheese, this is just totally crazy. The more it's, like, good for the heart. If you notice, like, everything that used to be bad for you is suddenly good for you, and everything, you know, like eggs. Doesn't it still cause cholesterol problems with too much cheese? Apparently not. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and you get good protein, no carbs. Come on. But the big question is, can you eat it without a cracker? Oh, or a, so many carbs in that little cracker. Or a glass of wine. There's nothing better than cheese and wine, right? It's my favorite, you know, about four o'clock in the afternoon. That's what young Thomas is doing. You're supposed to wait till five. You know, what if you can't wait? What if you, you're impatient? You see my wife and I on the weekends, it's like we're sitting on the couch and it's like quarter of five and I'll go 15 minutes. So you guys really do. You you wait till five o'clock. Yes. Wow. Yep. And it's always Friday. Or Saturday. No, no, Saturday, no, because we're going out. But Sunday, it's Fridays and fr no, Fridays we're at work. But no, it's Sunday afternoon. Make Tuesday. up your mind. You're <laughs> confusing me. It's Just Sun drink and eat whenever you want to. There you go. Tom and Mike. They did a study. That who did this study? Because you always need to know, don't you? I do. It's some bureau of statistics or something. They're talking about the surprising benefits of serving prisoners better food. Do you know that in some states? It only costs a dollar thirty to feed a prisoner, and in some states, remember that guy Joe Arpaio? Yeah, he bragged they fed him for only fifteen cents. How does that work? Well, you didn't give him much. You gave him bread and water or something. Do you know that forty-four percent of prisoners in our prison system experience chronic diseases compared to only thirty-one percent of the general population? No kidding. Yep, they're six point four times more likely to be sickened from. Boiled or contaminated food, chronic illness like high blood pressure, diabetes, heart problems, all way above the norm because of the food that we give them. I know we should punish these people, but we got to let them eat, right? Right. So the bottom line is we're spending a lot more money to exactly. care of these people when we could be just doing the right thing, spending a lot less and giving them better food, right? 
Yeah. I guess it makes perfect sense that you want a violent criminal in a confined space to be as hungry as possible, right? Or they call it hangry. That's angry and hungry at the same time, right? <laughs> angry. Yeah. I never heard that one. Let them eat cake. You know what's terrible? You know what's one of the worst things that happened in prison is when the prison guard looks in the prison and says, hold on, the dessert card will be coming in just a second. That's cruel, isn't it? It's cruel and unusual punishments. You know, we have a food hierarchy in this country. You ready for it? Top quality food goes to consumers. That's me and you. Not really salable, that goes to school lunch programs. Not at all salable, that goes to our prison people. And what's left? Serve to the military. Did you know that? No. Last on the list, the military? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, yep. they have to eat crap out of a can. I almost said, you know, the other word, but that's terrible. So, so what's happening across the country is now that a lot of prisons are striking for better food and it's having an effect. And have you noticed the military never really complains about anything, right? No, they're tough guys, man. They eat those meals that come right out of, what do you call it, already served? Rations. Yeah. yeah. There's a name for it. I don't remember it because I was never. Yeah, rations. But there's a name for it, PEDs or something like that. It's like a, there's a symbol for it. I don't know. They claim prison food made extra flavorless and unappealing. So it isn't something inmates will fight over or use as trade as currency. So that's why they try and make it bland. But I say... You know, give them something, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's just doing the right thing. Spike Lee. Tom and Mike. One of the biggest problems right now in this country is... Chlamydia? No. I haven't. <laughs> You're a sick man. Yeah, you Dr know why I said that. Yeah, I know. I'm I sure I... Like... take you away from your story. Go ahead. But there's an ad that keeps playing on TV for a place in Florida called Valencia. And every time it comes on, because we understand that, you know, these places like the villages and... Valencia, these big areas for senior citizens, they're full of STDs. Right. Have you heard that? Yes, I have. You know yeah. what? I've been to the villages. Have you ever been to the villages? No. Oh, God. You're too young to go there. What, you're seeing some senior citizen? No, my in-laws briefly moved to that area of Florida. And when the, uh, got off the plane, that's a drop-off part that for her dad to come pick us up was at the villages. So we had to like wait around there and... Man, it's a strange place. It is a strange place. I guess place. senior citizens, you know, they don't have anything else to do. But, but you know what? They're not really all that senior. I think it starts at 55. That's not old. And, you know, then it gets old. But everybody drives a golf cart down there. And the golf carts are all personalized. Like if you're Scottish, it's got a kilt on it. Or if you're Irish, it's got a bit shamrock. Or if you're, you know, I don't know. It's really weird. It's so bizarre. It is bizarre. Anyway, every time that ad comes on TV, we always call it chlamydia <laughs> instead of Valencia. But uh, what was your story? The story is that right now in the country, one of the biggest problems that they're trying to do something about, but it doesn't really seem to happen, is drug prices are way too high. And just this week, Eli Lilly, one of the biggest drug manufacturers, introduced a generic insulin that's now going to be at half price. Now it's only $137 per vial. Isn't that cheap, Thomas? No. No, it's not. Or you can get $265 for a pack of five. This is terrible. And, you know, you can go on the internet and find anything, but here's the thing. I've gone on the internet and looked at comparing drug prices. They're all about the same, right? Well, most drug prices have been hiked 6.5% just in the last year, right? And this, this, this drug for insulin, so many people have diabetes or whatever, they're charging you $140 for this drug. And this drug was invented 100 years ago. Don't you think in 100 years they could bring the price down? Yeah, you would think so. But then again, look at the price of EpiPen. Right. Those things were over $600 at one right. point in time. Where are they now? Do you have any idea? They're still high, but they've, they've come down. 
You know, maybe if we jail one pharma CEO a week on national TV, we'll watch drug prices fall, won't we? Well, it's all about profiteering off sickness. And I just think that's fundamentally wrong, my friend. And you know things are rot when your doctor tells you he's going to switch you to a different medication because they do more advertising. That's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> that's how it works in the radio business. <laughs> you know, laughter is the best medicine, except for treating diarrhea. Did you know that? I did not. You yeah. don't want to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You know what's weird? When we were young, we needed drugs to feel weird. Now when we're older, we need them to feel normal. How about that? I know. See the cycle of life that does that? I know, I know, I know. You know, you want to hear something funny? So a buddy of mine's in the hospital. Right. That's not funny. No, it's not funny. Not that part. But this is really bizarre. This sounds like some kind of episode with Jason Alexander on Seinfeld or something. Anyway, he was feeling some discomfort, goes in to the doctor, and they found out that when he was born... They left the umbilical cord inside of him. In other words, you know, he came out and instead of like snipping that thing off, right. they just stuffed it back in there. What was the problem it was causing? Well, it got gangrene. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, a really serious thing. Well, it took a lot of years for it to happen, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But here's the thing. I called him yesterday to find out how he was doing. He's in the hospital. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to cheer him up. Because it's got to be a drag, you know. You've got this internal infection. He told me it almost killed him. Jeez. So I'm, you know, I'm doing my best stuff to make him laugh. And he goes, stop it, stop it. I said, why, why? And he goes, I've got a tube in my nose, and every time I laugh, it hurts. And I'm like, oh, boy. You know, you try to do something good. But laughter, like you say, is not always the best medicine. Right. That's the statute of limitations. I think it sued that doctor. Yeah, well, I think that's well past that. Yeah. Tom and Mike. I got this story for you, Thomas. We don't hear enough about these people anymore. There's a new book out about Bonnie and Clyde. And in the book, it includes never before seen or heard. They were poets. Did you know that? Did not. They had a 21-month reign robbing banks, gas stations before it ended on that road in Louisiana where they were gunned down. But they wrote poetry. They're, they weren't great poets. Want to hear one of their stanzas? Yeah, but I can kind of see maybe, you know, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway writing poetry. I like Gene Hackman better as, as uh, when he did it. Okay. Here's one of their poems. Not that good. Roses are red, violets are blue. Give me all that money or I'll use my Tommy gun on you. How about that? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it not only is it poetic, but it's kind of romantic. No, seriously. I just made that up. This is one of their stanzas. You read the story of Jesse James how he lived and how he died. If you're still in need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Someday they'll go down together. They'll bury it by side by side. Too few, it'll be grief. To the law, it'll be a big relief. But it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. How about that? They were poets, Thomas. Could you repeat that part about going down on her? <laughs> I'm going to guess, knowing you how I do, you're not a big fan of poetry. Or am I wrong about that? Have you ever been to one of these? Never! What do they call those things, you know, where people get up and they just... Poet stop. jam. Yeah, no. I'd rather put a pin in my eye and go to... A I went to one once because I have to do everything at least once. And I was bored out of my gourd. Well, if I had to have a list of things that I wouldn't want to go to, number one, it would be going to somebody reciting poetry. Two, would be going to the ballet. And three... We've gone to the circus. How about you? What are your top three things you would never go to see? All three of those are right up there, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's the thing. You've never been to one of these poetry jams? Never. I never will. 
I don't Come like on. that. You got to do everything at least once. <laughs> no, you don't. Come on, you got to live, buddy. You got to live. You haven't lived till you've nodded off at a poetry jam. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That'd be like being going to open mic night at some local coffee house for people to get up and. You've done that, right? No, I haven't done that either. <laughs> You're scared. You're such a scaredy. What kind of comic, what kind of comedian are you? Come on. I used to love to go to out, but now. It's just, it's a jungle out there, my friend, a jungle. So what are you doing for fun? You're in the fetal position sucking your thumb, right? Yes, until this nightmare we're living is over. And I would just suggest you get a nice warm blankie yeah. to go with that bobble and that binky. Tom and Mike.